0: what's up good people michael here host of the latest political podcast cuckoo for politics where i am cuckoo and passionate about politics and i'm sure you are too you wouldn't be listening hey so with that in mind grab your favorite libations, whether it be coffee tea water juice beer wine or spirit or two we'll talk about the hot topics that matter to you let's get started This podcast will focus on the dual conversation that took place between NBC News and President Donald Trump, as well as ABC News with Vice President Joe Biden. I invited back Sam Jean. as you recall, he's a fellow lump from Eastern Nazarene College, as well as an attorney who graduated from the Boston University School of Law, but also practices and consults in strategic communications, media relations, and crisis communications. I invited him back, and this is a raw and uncut version, because why? This was impromptu, where we discussed the contrast between the Biden and Trump. We also discussed where it got comical on our predictions and our expectations for the last presidential debate. So sit back, relax, and once again, enjoy this episode of Cuckoo for Politics. Sam Jean, welcome back to another special episode of Cuckoo for Politics, where we're going to talk about this dual town hall meeting that took place on ABC News and NBC News. I, like many Americans, were flipping between the networks if they're crazy about politics. And I want to get to see the contrast between the both between both. So here's my takeaway. As we listened to the respected journalists from both networks and then read newspapers and articles on the town hall meeting, there was a critique. They say that NBC News reporter Savannah Guthrie asked hard questions to Donald Trump and that when you pivot to ABC News, they saw... George Stephanopoulos, asking questions to Biden that seems soft. Now, I have my takeaway on why people may have perceived it that way. But let me ask you, what is your takeaway from this town hall discussion?
1: The thing about this whole Trump presidency is we continue to lower our standards for what a president is supposed to be or capable of doing or should do. So when a conservative watches the NBC town hall, they see someone being unfairly grilled. When they watch Joe Biden on, on the other channel, they perceive because he's calm, because he's giving facts, because he's answering questions, that he's getting softball answers, softball questions, which he already knows the answers to. Now, anybody who has any understanding of politics and campaign politics knows that people should be prepared for all kinds of questions. So politicians are prepared. So Joe Biden isn't necessarily being given easy questions. In contrast to Trump, the, it's the style, let me explain. Trump gets very easy questions, Michael.
0: Easy questions.
1: (laughs) He gets easy questions. They haven't asked him about what's going on between Armenia and Azerbaijan and how Turkey plays into that. They, They don't ask him those kinds of questions. They don't really ask him about his economic recovery plan. They don't ask him those kinds of questions. Why? Because they can't even get to them because basic questions... Trump cannot answer. It's an easy question, his taxes. The reason he's being asked about it and no one's asking Joe is because Joe's released his taxes. Trump has not And his reasons for not doing so keep changing. And then a story comes out that tells us that this man owes who knows who, who knows what, (laughs) right? (laughs) So that's why he's getting the question. If, if, if the same story was true about Joe Biden, George Stephanopoulos would be like, hey, Joe, when are you going to release your tax returns? <laughs> okay? He's asked about white supremacy. And, and Michael, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to laugh because these aren't hard questions. He, he's asked to disavow white supremacist racist when joe biden is asked that no matter how many times my right-wing conservative friends want to tell me he's a racist fine but no matter but when they ask joe to disavow white supremacy joe does it unequivocally there's no oh there might be people on this side i'm not sure i don't know who that is uh, lots of people support me right all, all these excuses Joe doesn't do that. So Joe's not going to get that question. Trump, you're going to get that question because your response isn't a good response. Not even that it's not even a good response. It's not even a response. Right? You're not even responding. You're not saying no. Any politician would, would say no. Steve King got run out of Iowa because even the people of Iowa were like, Your white supremacy shtick is running thin. So they even even don't want that association with their party, right? Mm -hmm. So Trump can't say no. COVID-19. All Trump had to say is, hey, listen, this pandemic came out of nowhere. We handled it as best as we could with the information we have. We got great scientists. We know more now. And so we're going to do a better job. Now, if he gave that answer, I might call him a liar because I believe he is a pathological liar. But that's not—that's an answer any politician or anyone who cared about the job, honestly, would give. But no, he doubles down. He doesn't take responsibility. So Joe's not going to get that question. When they ask Joe about the pandemic, that gives Joe an opportunity to attack Trump. Trump can't attack Joe about the pandemic, right? They ask about dreamers. Why do they ask you about dreamers? Because there was a big Supreme Court case about dreamers during your administration. And, And it seems like the Republican party was not trying to renew the dreamers. They needed a court to do that. That's a legitimate question to ask Trump. That's not a hard question. Any person who's halfway prepared could answer that question. And then the healthcare question, of course you're gonna get the healthcare question. What, what they want is for Trump to be able to ramble on. <laughs> about nonsense. About anything, but the guy gets the easiest questions. Could you imagine if they asked Joe Biden, Joe, uh, what about your tax returns? He'd say, hey, I've released them. Look, that wouldn't even be interesting. Even the thing that they think is interesting the Hunter Biden angle, Joe has answered it. And he keeps getting asked about it. He still answers it. It annoys him, but he still answers it. So when you're grading one guy on a curve and another guy to an impossible (laughs) standard, it's going to obviously, yeah, it looks like because Joe's not screaming and raving like a lunatic. And I want to say this, you know me, Michael. It is not even as if I am a Joe Biden fan mm-hmm. in that sense. I, I, am, I am a fan of politicians who align with my values, if, if I'm a fan of anything in politics. So Joe Biden and I have radically different views on a lot of things. However, when I listen to him, he wants the job. When I listen to him, he's prepared to take the job. He's prepared to do the job. When I listen to him place. Yeah, when, and when I listen to him honestly, insofar as I feel safer with him, I'm not saying that he's safe, but I feel much safer with him than I feel with the current president. And, and there's a level of and, — and this has nothing to do with metrics, this is just me personally there is a level of decency that he exudes that Trump is incapable of exuding.
0: You, you you hit it on, on the point. I, I feel like when you do watch, I mean, watching the two town halls, it was like a parallel universe. You had Trump with his supporter, that particular sister, who just boggled her head every two seconds. I'm like, I what mean, are you doing? But, you know, it,
1: when it <laughs> happened, you, I, I said something about it being on Saturday Night Live. And, and it was because, and, and at this point, NBC can't even pretend they didn't know that was going to happen, right? It, it's too perfect for television for it not to have been planned. It's impossible mm-hmm. she didn't know, and and but of course it it demonstrates the contrast that like even with her nodding vigorously in the back, nobody's mind is being swayed.
0: No, <laughs> right? no, like and like, uh, and, it, and you're and, wrong. And it's her-
1: and, I think, and, and I think maybe Savannah saw her nodding out the corner of her eye. And was like, "Oh no, I need to ask tougher questions." Because, <laughs> and, and the questions weren't even the questions weren't even tough. And she let him get away with saying lots of things that weren't true. That, that's
0: true. But you know what? I say this: the, the, the young lady behind Trump was like the fly. On Mike my it was a distraction. <laughs> it was clearly distraction. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I know he's lying to me, referring to the president, mm-hmm. but now I'm looking at the girl. I'm like, why is she boggling on the head? Yeah. That, that, that got me. And when it, you, you turn to Biden, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm at a lecture hall. I'm on a yeah, lecture it, it it, it, there
1: There's a sense that I've heard people say it. It's, it's you have one guy who seems calm and you have another guy who's on steroids. And 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 the contrast couldn't be more different in that sense. If, if I'm looking for someone to lead me into a dangerous situation, I want someone who's calm, who can assess danger. Trump hasn't demonstrated any of that. And, and frankly, the truth about him is laid bare. He only cares about himself, so he can't even mm he can't even project the kinds of things I would want uh, the president to project. And, and for the record, none of it is new. I'm not surprised by any of it. What I am surprised by is the brazen nature of how lately he has been completely off the rails. But I think that them acquitting him in the Senate when he was impeached, I think it made him feel like he was and be invulnerable. invulnerable, and and in- mm-hmm. and he was going to do whatever he wanted to do, and and you saw that with Barr and all these prosecutions, all these uh, investigations, pardon me, that they were conducting, trying to appease Trump, and COVID came in and and sort of derailed that. So now, it- yeah, so so now in this situation. It's not even to me. It's it's not even a really difficult choice. Like when I see Republicans endorsing Joe Biden, I just go, "Of course you are, <laughs> right? It's not a suicide pact. You don't have to go down with this guy. Of course you are. It's no. the reasonable thing to do."
0: Yeah, uh, it's it it boggles my mind. It really does. But you're 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 hit a point that. I, I want to talk to and elaborate further as far as how come, or how did the value f- voter or the family value party go from there to QAnon? And that is a segment that we could talk about on another podcast, as far as where did they go from there? I, because sometimes you find, and the reason why I asked that, because I remember during the town hall meeting with Trump, they asked him about the tweets about disavowing white supremacy, mm-hmm. which he still had a hard time mm-hmm. talking about the Obama and also questioning if the military actually killed Osama bin yeah, Laden. Yeah, yeah. And then what was another thing that they um, he, they yeah. talked about and he couldn't disavow it? It was still about QAnon. Yeah. He says, I know nothing about it, but they like me.
1: Uh, but they I, don't I, I know pedophiles. nothing about
0: it. Yeah. And they're against pedophilia. But I mean, real quick on that, Michael.
1: Honestly, it 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 it's not even that difficult. Uh, I think that there are people. One of the problems with getting your information, getting your mainstream media information from Fox, and then getting your extreme information from other sources such as Infowars uh, or whatever else yeah. is 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 on the right, is that. Your, your, your frame of reference about what's true is very, very different. And so you have people who, who want to believe that they're doing something good. They want to believe that. And, and they've been told that the other party is evil anyway. So it's not very hard for them to believe that the other party is a group of cultist Satanists who eat children. That's, that, that's, not, <laughs> that's not difficult for them to believe. And so if if you believe that about them, of course, you're going to believe this this other stuff. And for them, that's consistent with a family value, right? Saving children is a family value. The problem is because the Foxes of the world, the One American News Networks of the world have given these people credibility, they have opened Mm -hmm. up a Pandora's box because most Republican voters aren't QAnon people. This is a particular group of Republican voters who are QAnon people, but they have been encouraged. And and now instead of their views being seen as far to the right, their views are too close to the middle. And now you have the normal Republicans are like, what are we going to do with these people when Trump's gone? What happens? To, I feel like we going to need therapy. Oh, okay. listen, they signed up for it. And, and remember, I told you this a while ago when you and I talked offline. I told you that when Republicans had when Trump had served his usefulness to Republicans, they would be quick to get rid of him and pretend that they were fighting against him the entire time. And that my, my hope is that the media and the public remembers who these people were so that when the Ben Sasses of the world want to run for president in 2024, when the John Cornyns of the world want to run for president in 2024, people remember that when they had an opportunity to stop Trump, because all this stuff they're saying about Trump now, they could have impeached him. They could have voted to impeach him. Right? They could have voted, only one senator they could have voted to impeach him. They didn't. And now, you know, rats jump off of a sinking ship and they yep. want to paint themselves as heroes as they jump off of a ship, but there's nothing different about Trump today than four years ago. Nothing different. He hasn't gotten worse in the past six months. He's, he's been this person. And they went along with it. Jeff Sass is going to vote for Amy Comey Car- Barrett. <laughs> you don't disagree, yet. yeah? You,
0: you don't disagree with her him that much? He has them lock in step. I call it the gospel of Donald Trump. <laughs> he has them locked in. There's no question. <laughs> they don't move away from it.
1: Well, well, now, now, because one of the things that we can agree about polit- politicians is that. They are in the business of self-preservation and very few politicians want to go down for someone else. Ultimately, for all their love for Donald Trump, they would trade him for their jobs anytime. So in this instance, at least the senators. So in this instance, they are trying to put some distance between them, because obviously, whether Trump wins or loses, 2024 is the face in 2024 is going to be the face of the party for the next how many years. So they're lining themselves up for their shot. But...
0: In this second segment of Raw and Uncut of this town hall debate analysis, we dive into our predictions of the last presidential debate. Now, mind you, it does get a little zany as we just have to laugh at all that is going on. Stay tuned.
1: Because they know once the other candidate starts talking, he's going to talk over him. This is what American democracy looks like in 2020.
0: And what I feel like that. Hopefully he does show up. Hopefully he comes up and talks some substance to a degree. But I know,
1: <laughs> come on, man. Michael, I, Michael, I, I'm man. I'm I, always, I, you I'm, know I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. But some stuff is. I, I mean, some things, honestly, that's like wishing for a unicorn. <laughs> I mean, you can wish for a unicorn, man. But but because. <sighs> I already know what it's going to be. And, and of course, I have to watch it because I like punishment and I like <laughs> politics, right? So I'm going to watch it. But my expectations of it, and again, like we said earlier, Donald Trump is graded on a curve. So if he doesn't act as boorish and as rude and as just ignorant as he acted the first time, if he just tones it down just by one, Everyone's going to say, oh, he acted presidential. (laughs) You know, (laughs) he didn't scream as much like this is this is the bar that we grade Trump on. We already know if it comes to competence, Joe Biden beats him on that. If it comes to facts and being conversant with the issues, he loses to Joe Biden. The, The thing that he has is a lot of energy. And now that well, energy is being aided by, by drugs. So he, he <laughs> is an energetic person. I, 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 I.
0: There's nothing new to well, see. I, there's nothing new to see. So we'll see what happens. And we're also going to address how, the fact that the evangelicals, let's see if they're going to be supportive or they're going to come out and be lock in step. That's something to (laughs) say. Come on, Michael. I guess you
1: you really do believe in Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Are you serious? There isn't isn't a person (laughs) that I know who is a Trump supporter who has decided that they will no longer be a Trump supporter. There is no equivocation with that group. They are solid. They've declared they their loyalty. And, and
0: to a false guy.
1: Uh, uh, listen, you can phrase it however you want to them. They think they really believe in this guy, or they, uh, of course, I think they delude themselves because they've already made their choice and, and they want power. And they're not going to admit that they made a mistake. So they're going to go full bore with it. And then lately, when he gets out of office, they'll pretend hey, listen. We got Supreme Court justices. Roe v. Wade's going to be overturned. We made a deal with the devil, but that's just the way it is.
0: Yeah. Yes, that's, what, that's the way it is. With that, we'll close out this, this conversation. We'll resume because we still have a lot of other issues that I want to talk to you about. Um, social justice, the broken system, and so much more. So, as always, open invitation to Cuckoo for Politics. Yes, yes, oh, yes, okay. Michael. Oh I'm sorry. I,
1: I'm just. I, I'm still laughing about in my head. I'm believing still, in Santa I, Claus? I, I'm still laughing about you thinking Trump's going to show up with facts and policy. <laughs> I mean, that's like you expected him to show up without a tan. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, some of this stuff is really unbelievable. I mean, honestly, I I do understand the nature of the podcast and I do understand we want people to listen we want people to get back but I don't want to anyone listening to this there's no chance <laughs> that Donald Trump shows up on Thursday and 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 is even coherent <laughs> if he is even moderately coherent here's my prediction if he if he is even moderately coherent the media will will say Trump did fantastic he did he calmed himself down. He reassured somebody. Uh, but at this point, everybody knows he, he's going to go up there and he's going to spend a lot of time talking about Hunter Biden in a laptop. <laughs> we, we know that. And, 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 and how COVID is, we know that. We know he's not going to disavow white supremacy. Um, we know he's going to make it about Emmy Corey. But he's just, it, it, and, and once he gets talking, Mike or no Mike, <laughs> He's still gonna be talking, so yeah, it's. I'm gonna tune in, um, but um, th- this is when people in, on the internet talk about playing drinking games. For those of you who drink, that would be an interesting drinking game because I mean, if he shows up with policies, I will. I will come on here and eat crow, not that not that that means anything to trump but i will i will admit i was wrong but uh, i'm willing to bet my left arm <laughs> <laughs> that he's not he's not we're we're yeah, we're, we're going to be laughing like this michael uh after the debate because and i know you're going to text me you're going to be like what was that <laughs> but remember people michael told you He's he's hoping that Trump shows up with facts, statistics, policy proposals. Uh, in other words, he expects Trump not to be Trump. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. My, my, my
0: stomach my stomach hurts.
1: No, oh my I mean... mean I, guess I mean, this I've is always, the only way I'm you the can, No, you're the optimist, and this is the only way to survive in the age of COVID, man. Because between this pandemic and this election cycle, and I... I you know, I have this obsession with politics. I just, I just wish I could go to sleep tomorrow and wake up and it's the day after. Because it's just going to get crazier and crazier. And you have to laugh to stop from crying because yeah. because we're like will the president of the United States actually show up for the debate <laughs> it's 2020 when kids read about this like 20 years from now all all my friends who who have young children now imagine when they're in high school and they have to read about this I time know. they're going to read about the time that the president of the United States who might have been a russian asset <laughs> was was <laughs> tested positive for covid but went to the debate anyway for like <laughs> these things are just amazing that they had to install uh, mute buttons oh it, it, what will they think is? of us like what will they, they, they it, it's a, like there are things we read in history michael and we laugh we're like oh my gosh that actually happened that way they threw tea in a harbor like why i know why would <laughs> they why would they like that's crazy right but that's an interesting way to riot but we look at it, we go, oh, okay, well, we can understand that taxation without representation, the T represents, I, we can understand that. But when we look at this, this, I mean, think about it, the man hosted, this is the person, th- the president is, the man hosted a, a nomination ceremony when he already knew <laughs> that people in his staff had already tested positive.
0: And didn't care. Now, another enlightened podcast discussion with my friend Sam Jean has concluded as we analyzed the Trump and Biden dual town hall meeting. Clearly, there was a contrast between the candidates in regards to style and substance. Now, as we recall, the first presidential debate was viewed as chaotic and disturbing as it pertains to the incumbent, while the challenger appeared anxious and annoyed as he was prepared for a more traditional style of debates. Now, Trump supporters have argued that the NBC News reporter, Savannah Guthrie asked too many tough questions. But did she? As we said before, Trump was given easy questions. All he had to do was debunk QAnon conspiracy theories, denounce white supremacy, yet he selectively and intentionally chose not to. She continued to hammer on this question, but to no avail, because, honestly, Trump does not wish to answer the question because he does not wish to alienate his core supporters. Now, while on another town hall meeting with ABC News' George Stephanopoulos, asked Biden policy questions that concerns many Americans, Now, you may not have agreed with the responses, but at least you came out with it, he's answering the question. You appreciated the sense of calm that he conveyed. Now, the Trump supporter probably perceived it as boring because Biden is a seasoned politician. of facts, statistics, policy proposal. Again, Trump is an entertainer. He's all about bravado without substance. His responses, for the most part, seems to project, whatever he does is perfect. Remember the catchphrase as he responds to everything? Believe me. He often boasts he created the best economy, but truth be told, he actually inherited a good economy by former President Obama. Even Fox Business backs that fact. Granted, it continued under his watch until the pandemic. Now, the last presidential debate, we could safely predict that Trump will be asked, again, easy questions, QAnon conspiracy theories, debunking white supremacy, along with the federal government response to COVID or the lack thereof. Remember, we are still waiting for an alternative to a healthcare plan that he promised that would be better than the Affordable Care Act, but we have yet to see that. Biden will probably be asked about similar questions, but also probably bring up The whole his son and a laptop and the whole issue surrounding that. Is that a fair question? Yes, but Biden already addressed that. But here we go. That could be safely predicted. I hope we could hear more clarifying issues, responses by both candidates, particularly surrounding race. But who knows what the American people will see and the world for that matter on the last presidential debate. I do hope to hear more policy substance, As I remain optimistic, but then again, as Sam reminds me, I still remember. I still believe in Santa Claus and unicorns. More remains to be seen, but sure, we'll talk more about that subject on a last debate analysis of this podcast. Afterwards, for those of you who have been following this series, I'll follow up with my conversation with Sam about a, on our previous podcast, where we talked about the subject and the stigma of immigration and its political evolution moving away from conservatism. Stay tuned for that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I'm your host, Michael, host of the political podcast, Cuckoo for Politics. Follow me on Facebook and on Instagram. Until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, be safe. Peace.